This is Frazzly with Frazzlecast. Do you want to talk about World of Warcraft every week with different people and a little bit of geeky stuff? Check out Frazzlecast.com and on all of your favorite podcast players. And remember, keep it geek. theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brennan Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 129 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I am excited to be once again joined by my co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Good. We better than we were last week. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it's funny because it's not like things have slowed down. We're just like in the groove of it. Yeah. We, <laughs> right. Our, our bodies have adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a that's a crucial uh, uh, adjustment period at the beginning of, of these kinds of semesters, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Ollie is safe and, and sound with grandma. <laughs> so, uh, so we will not be, he will not be making guest appearances this week. <laughs> I also feel like I'm kind of just running off the adrenaline of the stuff that we have to talk about today because I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because I just want to talk about like this, like geeky DC news with you. So, you know, I don't think I've ever seen you this excited about like, <laughs> like, I think I could have been like. Ray, I chopped off my arm and I'm in the, well, can you call me on the phone? Like, like, I feel like you have been jonesing to talk about this. Yeah, man. Superman is my jam. And a lot of people don't know that. I think it's not like, even if you listen to this podcast regularly, I don't think that that's something that you would, you know, uh, um, like get right away from my fandom. Um, but it just, it's just Superman was like my first like favorite superhero from when I was like a little kid. I literally dressed up as Superman, like my second Halloween ever, like two years old. So it's just that, it's just that nostalgic factor, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just, I really like takes on the mythos of Superman, which is, you know, spoilers, what we're going to be discussing today. Yes. 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 Um, have you had any time in your busy schedule to do geeky stuff? Yes, I haven't actually. Um, some of it has been kind of just by accident or, or un, unplanned, and some of it very planned. Um, 
the planned stuff has to do with directly with Geekitude. I've started sketching out the um, the Sinister Six prize that we're going to be sending to our lucky winners. So that has been a lot of fun because, like, I just miss and love drawing superheroes so much. You know, most of my artistic output nowadays is is devoted to the grad program that I'm in, mm-hmm. um, which I love, you know, and I find, like, super um, satisfying. But drawing superheroes, again, it's the nostalgia thing. Like, I just... It's just so soothing, and it just takes me back to why I started drawing in the first place. So that's I've been spending some time sketching that out. Hopefully, that'll be done soon, and then we can we can send that on its way. Um, but also, I was you know if you listen, you know that I, I I'm a recruiter, and this is a busy time of the season for me, where I'm traveling to different high schools and colleges all over LA, and you know talking about art school. And I have some downtime sometimes, like in between events in the same day, where I'll be in a random part of LA. And I'll get lunch and I'll maybe like walk around and explore a bit. And I was in Culver City uh, the other day and I happened across, I was just, I thought, you know what? I had a heavy lunch. I'm going to uh, walk around the block and just, you know, kind of help my, my body out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Yeah. It's, you know, getting older. What, What can you say? Um, but anyway, uh, I just I had no clue that I was going to come across this comic book store. And I was so happy that I did because I walked in. It, it was Pulp Fiction Comics in Culver City. And uh, they had an enormous sale on graphic novels. Five bucks a graphic oh, wow. novel. Yes, man. That was, oh, you, you, you don't know how happy that made me. Um <laughs> And I couldn't help myself. I walked out with, you know, a stack of graphic novels. Five bucks for a graphic novel. Like, that's pretty amazing. And these are not, like, old, obscure graphic novels. Like, I picked up this really cool uh, Marvel 1985 um, book that's hardcover, um, uh, illustrated by Tommy Lee Edwards, who's, like, one of my favorite illustrators. He's done a bunch of comics for, like, the X-Men and uh, um, what else? Uh, Excalibur and stuff. So... That was a get. I also got the latest book, uh, Saga, of, of a collection of Saga, which is a, a story I've been reading for years now. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Like, I just happened across that, and I spent a good 45 minutes in that store forcing myself to put down, like, half of my stack. <laughs> you know, like, I've I, been that guy where I'm like, no, I can't do this. Dude, seriously. <laughs> they had some really great stuff. So if you're in the area of Cover City – Check it out. Pulp Fiction Comics. Um, it's just a really cool store. It, you know, you walk in and you get that that good vibe of like, oh, this is, you know, this is a space for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, this week on the Geek to Geek podcast, um, in in their Slack channel, um, somebody had posted because they know that Void is a big fan of, um. The Adventure Zone and the um, McElroy brothers. Uh, the an article that stated that the um, the McElroy brothers had kind of bullied their way into the next, uh, I think Trolls movie, either Trolls or Romeo and Romeo and Juliet or I don't know some sort of animated children's film. Um, the un- unbelievable true story of how three podcasters trolled their way into Trolls 2. So that's the article, right? And um, that made – like the, the, the guy who posted it, uh, Ninja Boy, said 
so, you know, and he asked Void and Beige what properties they would want to be inserted in. And of course, I had to chime in because I was like, I would totally go into the adventure zone and do one of the McRoy things because I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a good question to pose, too. Yeah, and Void was like, well, I would probably want to just be like, I just want to hold a a lightsaber in a Star Wars movie. That's all I want. Nice. And so I don't remember if it was Ninja Boy or somebody else who was reading the thing, but he was like, well, would you? Oh, yeah, it was Ninja Boy. It was Dilemma. You get to start a Star Wars movie, but it's the Jar Jar Binks Star Wars movie. Oh. (laughs) And my response to that was, I would love to be in a Jar Jar Binks movie. It would be one of those. It's it would either be one of it's so bad it's good movies. Because there's no way it can end poorly. If the they did it right, it would be the equivalent of Deadpool's X-Force. But I think it would be even better if they took themselves really seriously. And then I was like, oh my god, I need this to be a thing. Oh my god. So then he proceeds to, to introduce me to what might be one of my new favorite podcasts called Story Break. Where they basically take... Uh, an idea that's never going to ever be made into a movie and kind of do like the writing room pitch treatment to it to see if they oh, can actually it. make it a functional movie. Oh, and I they, love it. the second episode is the Jar Jar Binks movie. And it's <laughs> amazing, Ray. It is okay. so good. Like they make him like this, this like, like double agent and they make him all serious. But then every <laughs> once in a while when they quote him, it's like Misa, blah, blah, blah. And it's just <laughs> like, so it brought, it brought me so much joy, so, so much joy. <laughs> all right. I got to check this out. There's, I, I love it because this, this has uh, echoes of that online theory about Jar Jar Binks being like a Sith Lord and like, uh-huh. being, behind the scenes, like responsible for like a lot of plot in star Wars. I love it. I learned, I learned more about Jar Jar Binks in that hour and a half of podcasting (laughs) than I had ever wanted to know. (laughs) So of course listening to this, uh, how this whole thing got started, I I had to think, well, I mean, you know, where would I want to insert myself? One of these stories. And the first thing that comes to mind is I want to maybe like be like a, a near like a like a a a kind of background person maybe like a near fatality in the midst of like a hulk rampage or something nice like yes. someone who just kind of like just narrowly misses being crushed by debris or something like that or maybe someone that like hands cap back his shield or like you know hawkeye back some arrows you know what i mean yeah something like that i think someone kind of like a you know it caught up in the the destruction of a of an Avengers battle. I think that would be pretty cool. Well, I'm stating this right now. If something ever tragically happens to me, I expect my our fan base to petition <laughs> Blizzard to get me my my character in the in World of Warcraft because oh, nice. like there's been a history of people who have met like big fans that are like major players or, and they, they either have a podcast or they, you know, they're members of the community and, um, and they've, they've met with a, a tragic end in real life. And so their character is immortalized with an NPC right. in a video game. I'm like, I, yes, please. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to try to make that happen, Joe, you know, <laughs> God forbid. But, uh, I feel like, 
I, I, may, I might have some connections there. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I would very much appreciate that. But let, let's hope it's let's, like way in the future when they're celebrating <laughs> their you know, 60th yeah. anniversary of the game. Yeah, let's hope that never actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope that awesome thing never actually happens. That, that moment when you realize you're putting energy out into the world that maybe you don't <laughs> want to put out there. <laughs> oh man um so listen um that i feel like that's kind of wrapping up our geeky stuff for the week but um after this podcast airs yes the captain marvel trailer will have premiered when is that coming out it premieres i mean we're recording this monday night of the 17th mm-hmm. and it premieres tomorrow morning uh. <laughs> yes Brie Larson is going to be, I think, on Good Morning America or Today or one of those crappy morning shows. And she's going to be premiering the first trailer. It, it's probably a teaser, but still, the first Captain Marvel trailer. And so I'm sure once it, it premieres on that show, whichever show it is, it's going to be all over the internet. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So we'll we'll be tuning in tomorrow and we'll be talking about that uh, next podcast probably. Yeah, so we need to throw that up into the Slack channel. Like, let's get that going in the Geektitude Slack channel, the Discord, whatever. Anywhere you want it to be, like, let's talk about it and get people's feedback and stuff. Yeah, I can't wait. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we are going to take our quick break, and we will be right back. I'm Void. And I'm Beej. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. And we're back and we're going to jump right in because I don't think I can contain Ray any longer. <laughs> what is happening, Joe? I, I don't know. <laughs> happening. So you sent me an article entitled Henry Cavill reported out as Superman in Warner's DC movie universe, which I'm going to say right now, just to start things off that I was immediately excited and disappointed because the only part of the title that showed up in the message was Henry Cavill reported out. And I'm like, he's one of us. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was very disappointed. Um, (laughs) But then later on, (laughs) we'll get to this a little later. I don't think we want him because he did some weird stuff. (laughs) Oh man. Henry Cavill. It's so funny to see who's like, a deep weirdo, but is just kind of hiding it or just barely covering it up. You know, my, my, my bestie Suzanne, um, and I talk about this a lot. She, she, uh, often will comment on, you know, when someone slips up and they allow their 
deep weirdness to kind of like to come through a little bit and she catches it and goes oh that person's a weirdo and i feel like henry cavill has uh has uh done has revealed himself (laughs) i mean this is honestly okay so so they reported that henry cavill is out as superman and and it sounds like from all the reports that he's just kind of done like they're not making any more movies. They want him to make these guest appearances in other people's movies. And he's just like, I'm good. Yeah. It was, this is huge news by the way, Yeah, uh, because I mean, everything started with man of steel and I know that, you know, DC and Warner brothers have always, um, have always said that they're not trying to follow, you know, Marvel's whole plan, especially from the beginning, like they were trying to do their own thing, but clearly like they change their mind every year. And that's why, you know, we have the mess that we have because after, you know, while Christopher Nolan was, was making in the, in the middle of his Batman trilogy, that is when like Iron Man and, you know, the, the, the Marvel universe was basically born. Right. Um, and at the time, Christopher Nolan was was very very insistent on his trilogy being a closed trilogy, you know, its own universe. He wasn't interested in trying to adjust his story to connect with, you know, a large universe. He wanted to tell his story, focus on his movies and and get out. And so DC, you know, to their credit, they didn't want to ruin a good thing, so they allowed him to do that. And then as soon like as soon as they were done with that, uh, you know, Man of Steel was was upon us. And at the time, they said the same thing for Superman. They said this is a standalone Superman movie. You know, we're, we're not trying to start any, you know, a, a larger DC universe, interconnected universe. But, you know, right after that, I mean, we had the Avengers. And I think that changed everything. I mean, I, we know it changed everything for movie making in general. Um and then so DC, or, or rather say Warner Brothers, then kind of broke from their original plan and decided that they need to play catch up, which is how we got, you know, Batman versus Superman. Um, but oh. from the, yeah, yeah, sorry. But from the beginning, <laughs> Henry Cavill was, you know, uh, 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 their, their Superman going forward. Um, and honestly, like after the misstep that was Superman Returns, you know, I, um, I, I just really feel like, whether you were a big fan of Man of Steel or not, because it did kind of divide audiences on its take of Superman. Um, no one ever, I don't feel like there was ever any huge outcry that he specifically was not right for the role. It was more the ta- the story, right? The take on the character rather than him being, you know, personifying Superman, which, you know, I think he did a great job of, you know, uh, uh, um, despite the stories that they were trying to tell. Uh, and so that's kind of been the constant. That's, that's kind of been the, 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 the linchpin of this whole mess is, you know, Henry Cavill as Superman. So for, for him to be moving on from the character, I think is, you know, regardless of, of how successful or not you feel the, the DC extended universe has been to this point, um, they're losing the, the thing that started it all is this the beginning of the end of this version of the DC universe as we know it? Yeah. I, I, Cause I don't know. Cause then they come around and they say, well, no, no decisions have been made and he's still interested in playing. And 
Do you think this was a uh, like a tactic, like a negotiating tactic? It could have been, but then, then Ray. Oh God. <laughs> then. The, the next headline is Henry Cavill confuses the hell out of us with his response to Superman rumors. And it was just bizarre, right? Yeah. It was like <laughs> – This is his like, Instagram, right? It was, a, it was a short video on his Instagram feed. Yeah, and I can't – what was the song? Do you remember what the song was? Oh, God. It was, was – I, I don't – it was some very well-known symphonic uh, musical – I don't know what it was. It at first I thought, oh, is this um, is this that that song from uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey? Like, is it that? Was it not? Was it something else? It was very dramatic. No, you know what it is? It's the it's it's the da 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 da. Bum, oh God, bum, I was bum, way bum, off. With the bark- <laughs> but with the barking dog, I just played it real quick just to hear what it was. Uh, it was but with barking dog. I was way up. So that's playing, and then he's just like randomly lifting up a Superman toy, and then dropping it back down out of the camera's view. Yeah, and looking like staring and, strangely directly into the camera, right? Like completely, like no, straight faced. Yeah, straight. Well, not even straight faced. Like straight faced would be just kind of neutral. This is just kind of, <laughs> I don't know what it is, Ray. Like. Oh, I just, I just, I immediately sent it to you. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, what does that mean? What <laughs> is that? What was he trying to accomplish with that? Like, I kind of read it as like a really awkward, like, goodbye, like, send off kind of to the character and to like the fandom. Uh, not successful, mind you, but just no, no. that was the closest thing that I could relate it to. Like, this is probably what this is. And this is why people need a PR team. Right around them. To- yeah. Well, I, it, it takes me back to it takes me back to Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch. Like yes. that moment when you realize that the handlers have lost control yes. and yes. he is just being himself. And you would think that you know his they would have uh, figured out a way to avoid stuff like this after his comments um, from several weeks ago that he made about, uh, you know, in, in reference to the whole Me Too movement. Did you hear about this when it came out? Yes, that he was feeling like the the, the, the chase is gone, something along yeah, those lines, and the, the, thrill, the thrill of the, the, thrill of the and chase. And he doesn't even know, like, how to flirt with women now, you know, that there's really, like, you know, there's nothing is allowed because apparently, like, you know, creepy, rapey behavior isn't allowed. And now it's like, what are we supposed to do now? Like, just look. Well, but I mean, okay, but Ray, <laughs> this video explains a lot. Oh, God. Because I'm sorry, this this video, in my opinion, puts him squarely on the spectrum. And I can understand that I don't care how beautiful he is, I can see him having trouble talking yeah, to Yeah, for sure. 100%. Totally. Maybe it's just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just like some like extremely hot people just never – have the need to develop like social skills i don't i don't know man i don't know it's it is weird um and and now we don't know what to think right uh because is is he moving on is he not Uh, i think he is i think it's a done deal he signed like a multi-picture deal with netflix to be uh in the witcher right um yes yes so or it's not a picture it's a series but um, he's playing a character named uh, Geralt. Sorry if I got that wrong. I'm not familiar with this uh, this franchise, uh, which people seem to be excited about. So that's cool. But this this sounds like this is going to take up you know mo- most of his 
of his uh, uh, time and, and energy. So it seems like he's he's done as Superman. I, Joe, this is huge. This is like it's 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 big. It's very big because I oh man, like it's one thing to say like oh no DC like what the hell are you doing like now what after like you know another crappy movie comes out you know after Suicide Squad well now with DC but they've always seemed kind of to double down on you know whatever it is they're doing within this universe like they haven't blinked you know what I mean like they're still going ahead and just you know kind of taking the l's as they come (laughs) just being like yeah that wasn't you know that didn't make money the way we were hoping and you know it didn't win over audiences like we were hoping but we got another one we got aquaman coming out in four months you know what i mean um and so this which i which i gotta say i it's sad because the most compelling advertisement for that one is the um, the moist um, Jason Momoa. <laughs> like I don't know if anybody's seen this advertisement, but it's just oh, a picture God. of wet Jason Momoa, and it says, "Let's face it, we don't really care what the movie's about. We have a moist Jason Momoa, <laughs> and that's it. That's the advertisement. Not not an official advertisement, so, right? Okay, no, but I mean that's I mean." I feel like they're leaning yeah, into it. So I don't feel like they're saying anything to scare yeah, it away. <laughs> it, yeah, like, literally, does it really matter what our movie is about? Here's a wet Jason. So what does this mean for Wonder Woman to an Aquaman? Like, can you replace, you know, the, the linchpin actor or character in, in your film franchise or your, your extended universe and kind of just carry on as if nothing's different? I mean, it's, it's this, this is not like replacing, you know, James Rhodes as a uh, uh, war machine. You know what I mean? This is right. This is Captain right. America. I, I, I feel like, I feel like this is the beginning of the nails. Of yes, the that's what I'm saying. I don't think Aquaman's gonna do right. So, so, so um, Aquaman is arriving as like a lame duck, like superhero franchise. Yeah, no, I I think they decided that this was a bad idea after Justice League. I think they had just already put so much into it. Like, that's really the way to get things made in Hollywood is to get enough money put into it that people won't back away from it. (sighs) Right. And I think that's what's happened. And I I feel bad because, I mean, I love Jason Momoa. He's awesome. But but this is – they never had a plan. Right. Exactly. And they and and when they thought they had a plan, they didn't follow the plan. <laughs> and, and when when all you're saying is is like it's when you're sitting there going, "Well, we're not trying to be Marvel." Like it, it, it's like yeah, you are, but you're trying to be Marvel without being Marvel. Oh. Like you're not you're not taking the time to do it right. And you're learning all the wrong lessons from it but you're also not turning around and doing something that is your own and of yeah it's like one of, it's been one of those things where it's like how how is that still going but somehow some way it's been chugging along just through sheer stubbornness on the you know the the part of the executives at warner brothers but with this thing i, I feel like with this um uh uh whole event I feel like the wheels are starting to come off. 
Yes. Well, and it's our fault, Ray, that it's kept going this long. I mean, let's honestly let, let's let's call a spade a spade. Right. <laughs> you and I will go to whatever DC movie yeah. they put out. Yeah. Because we're yeah, hoping, of course, as you know, and I think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I mean, as, as geek audiences, we should be hopeful and we should root for these things to be successful. Um, but, but this one looks like, I mean, we're in for some kind of change here. Either they're going to, cause what are the options going forward for DC? They're going to recast this lone character and hope for the best. And I think I even saw kind of some, um, I saw a little bit of like James Bond reference kind of thrown out there uh, in one of the articles that I read about mm-hmm. this, where someone at DC was talking about how, oh no, this is this is just what Superman is, you know? It's just you get a new actor every few movies, and you know, it's like James Bond. It's like again, they didn't have a plan for this, and now they're trying to act like it was their plan all along. It's like stop doing that thing. And and I. <sighs> Here's here's who I feel the worst about. I feel like Gal Gadot is the one who is going to be like she I think is the one successful thing that they've gotten out of this entire franchise. Like I feel like she is just such a superstar among all of this craziness where it's like it would be hard to replace her as Wonder yeah. Woman. Um, I don't know if you, if you if you feel the same way, but I feel like I feel like at this point it makes more sense to go. All right, we're starting over. We're dropping it. We're we're gonna start from the beginning everything? and we're try stopping again. Everything you're saying. I I I don't know how. Like what what other choice do they have? Right. Right. <laughs> it's so well, so bad. That's what like, I was. That yeah. That's what I was trying to like like uh, let, you know list like. Their options are to just replace Superman or to do the whole thing across the board. I'm and you know, I I I don't know how crazy an idea this might seem to people, but I I'm a big fan of like the the halfway option. You know, being these stories being what they are, these you know, convoluted, constantly changing, you know, retcon stories from the comic books being what they are. Um, I feel like there's a lot of built-in options for changing what you want and keeping what you want and kind of staying within, you know, the, the whole, um, the, the whole approach of like adapting these stories. And, and we talked a little bit about this um, and we're going to be talking about this into the future. Like we've got, episodes of Geekitude is in the works where we're going to be discussing, you know, the DC universe at large um, to like a further extent. Um, But it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because. Well, I, I think you've thrown it out there and I think a couple of other people have thrown out there that they have rebooted the DC universe in the comics a lot of times. And I think there's what, is it, um, what are the infinity crisis? Yeah. Is that all the, the different crises, uh, uh, storylines that they've done. It feels like DC does this every few years. They have a new crisis and you know, it started, I believe with crisis on infinite earths. I'm not a DC expert. Um, I think you, you are either. So, you know, we're, 
<laughs> we're going to bring in experts soon, but, um, yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, individual stories. Also, there's the flashpoint story. That's like a super popular flash, um, um, story. Uh, there's, um, the new 52 that happened a couple years ago. That was also like a reboot of the whole universe. So DC has a history of this. And I think like something like flashpoint or like elseworlds, um, Again, I feel like there's stuff to draw from from the comic books that can start to solve this problem for DC. Um, but it's all about making the right choices, right, Joe? Like you can't <laughs> like it, none of this. Right. <laughs> no. Well, well, I mean, I, they have done nothing to give me the confidence that they will do this successfully. And I like I would almost rather them just do a Jr. thing where Gal Gadot wakes up and <laughs> and. You know, whoever the man, you know, Michael B. Uh, Jordan is is showering, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm super." I like how he's showering um, in that scenario for no reason. Because well, isn't that how isn't that how it happened in Dallas? Isn't that how they they he comes out of the shower? Dallas? That's funny. Yeah, it, so so it's kind of like I here, there, there's two ways they can do it, like. They can do one of these big reboots, but I feel like we've already seen this with X-Men. Like they did the Days of Future Past, and now we don't – and honestly, now we don't know what the fuck's that's, going on with the that's X-Men true. universe. It didn't really improve anything. It just kind of got it confused, and and it didn't make it satisfying. Like it was – like it's probably one of my favorite X-Men movies ever, but it didn't – it didn't set anything positive going forward because like, again, I've said this many times. The only reason why we aren't, aren't hitting sitting here railing against how bad um, age of apocalypse was, was or, um, the, the apocalypse. Whatever. Was it age of apocalypse? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it was just called X-Men apocalypse. Okay. So X-Men apocalypse. The only reason why we did rail against that as much as we should have is because it was just immediately following. Yeah, whatever. that's true. That's like, so true. But it, it's not good. And it's the product of this kind of reboot idea that we can start it over and it'll be fine and nobody's going to notice. And then it just gets confusing and weird. And how does this fit into the other stuff where I think it would be better to just get, okay, <laughs> we messed up. Let's start from zero and let's try this again with a plan, with an actual plan that says not what realizing that you are not going to catch up with Marvel. It's not going to happen. But here's the thing, though, Joe, don't you feel that while Days of Future Past and what they try to pull off with, with that uh, story didn't ultimately make things better, as you said, don't you feel like it was an opportunity to, to right some wrongs and, and kind of set things up for like a better, for better stories going forward. Right. They did. Right. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I've heard too many times, right? <laughs> like, like you walk out of that theater going, okay, they fixed it. It's better now. Like now we can move forward and get the X-Men that we all I felt been, that way. You know, we all I felt that way after first and, class. Yeah, and I was, but but see, it's like just right. let it be a reboot. <laughs> let that continue on, right? And because just that when first class was made, and again, this goes back to the problem of not having a plan or having a plan and not sticking to it. Because 
after X-Men 3 came out and everyone said, what the fuck? Uh, Fox smartly decided to say, okay, let's just leave that be where it is. Let's back away slowly from that storyline and let's go into the past and start all over. And we'll start from way back and, you know, we'll cross the current continuity bridge when we get to it. Um, and, and let's do first class and kind of like show the origins of, of the X-Men, which I thought was a really smart move. And they got, they got, um, Oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. He's Guy Ritchie's producer from Lockstock and from Snatch. Um, he did Layer Cake. Oh, he also made Kick-Ass. Oh man, I, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, he They smartly got him and his team uh, to produce and write and direct uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, Matthew Vaughn, that's his name. Um and I and I thought he did a great job. I saw right, right, right. X Men First Class. It's honestly to this day still my favorite X Men movie. Um, just the energy. It's the energy it's and the and the and the the um, momentum of that story. Uh, the way that they you know who they got to portray Magneto and Professor X and how that all came together is such an awesome story. I love the climax of the movie. Um, and I thought, this is great going forward. Like, we're going to get the X-Men that we want. And then what happens? That movie is a surprise hit for Fox. And they decide, now we've got to find a way to connect this with the shitty storyline that we dropped off. No, no. Why? Why can't you just leave well enough alone? It's like they can't help themselves. And that was... No, and that's the thing. It's like if they had just left, honestly, if they had just left it at the end of Days of Future Past, because that's one of my absolute favorite storylines. It was so excited that they didn't destroy right. it because right. they could have, Ray. They could have made that up. They tried. <laughs> they, they did a. They tried, but they did a. They did a decent yeah. job with it. It it worked, and it ends with everything back to back to square one. Everything's fine. We're all happy. Everything's good. And then, and then they're like, but we're going to yes. keep going. And it's like, no, 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 like, stop. Just, just leave it. Like, like the law. you're an artist. It's, it's putting that last little brush stroke on there that yep. you didn't. It's the law of Brian Singer. That's what it is. <laughs> it's because they decided to allow him to keep going with his vision. And I think that's how we got the follow-up to Days of Future Past. And you were right. See, that's what I'm talking about. That was their opportunity to start over. And the audience was ready and willing to buy into that idea and kind of open for whatever was coming next. But they just, that was the misstep. I feel like DC has an opportunity. They're talking about some really interesting takes on Superman. I don't know that they actually have the guts to, you know, go forward with any of these opportunities or, or any of these possibilities. Um, but I think if they were to use, I don't think crisis and, and again, this, you know, I, I don't know a lot about these stories, but I feel like, Crisis is on the level of an Infinity War type story. And I don't know that you want to use that to reset. It's something you have to build to um, as opposed to use it as a, you know, as a, as a plot device to kind of start over. I feel like probably Flashpoint yeah. is something that fits more the type of story that Days of Future Past was for X-Men. Uh, because in Flashpoint, you know, Flash goes back in time and he changes something. I think he saves his mom from being murdered. And then, you know, he kind of goes forward back into what he thinks is going to be his future, except with his mom alive and happy. And instead, that one change has kind of filtered throughout, you know, future history and, and changed everything. But some things have changed. Some things have not. 
Some things have changed completely. Some things have changed slightly. And don't you think that's exactly what this DC Extended Universe needs? It needs some things to change slightly, some things to stay the same, Wonder Woman, and some things to completely change. And I think that's exactly what is called for at this moment. Uh, I, you know, I just feel like it just needs to toss it all out. <laughs> just toss it all but, out. Then right? you gotta, you gotta toss out Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Though. I, I, I think she'll be fine. I think she's a strong enough actress that other people <laughs> will want her in their movies, and we will find the next, the next uh, Wonder Woman that will be just as amazing, and maybe, and maybe something even better, but, because, but moist Jason Momoa. <laughs> Again, I don't think he's going to have problems getting roles in the future. <laughs> I would say he's probably better off not doing this movie. So let's talk about um, uh, one of the names that has been floated for Superman that is causing quite a bit of conversation. Not, this is nothing I, – I, I don't think it's officially official but uh, as, a, as a possibility. But yeah. uh, you know, this could just be DC just kind of throwing things out there to see how people react because – you know, this is a cynical time we live in. Uh, One I can't even imagine. Uh, honestly, like they uh, in the times we live in, can they imagine throwing this out and getting anything but the reaction that I'm sure they're getting? Oh man, I don't know. My reaction is favorable. Re- yes, reason- but your reaction is favorable to this kind of thing, yeah, where true. we are constantly on here complaining about the that's fact true. that they put an Asian woman in a Star Wars franchise and people lost their shit. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and read the he- headline for people that might not know what we're talking about? You already Superman, know. Michael B. Jordan reportedly among actors being considered to replace Henry Cavill. So is the world ready for a black Superman? I say no. With the caveat that I'm perfectly fine with it. Right. I just, I like, I, I'm being a little selfish. I, I don't want to be on a podcast being angry about how horrible the internet is again. <laughs> um, because that's all this is going to be like, and, and it's not a reason to not make it a, a reality, but I, I feel I don't know. I feel like they. You think they're poking the bear? I think they're poking the bear in. Let, let me put it this way: when I do shows at my school, and I know that there's something controversial in it, I stress to my students how important it is that we are on point with everything we do, because if we're sloppy or half-assed with it, it plays into all the reasons why we shouldn't have done that show. Right. It opens Does that you, make sense? It opens you up to the criticism. Right. And so I feel like because I don't think they have a solid plan and because I don't think that they are prepared for what they are going to unleash in the fandom, I think that doing something like that is very risky and not in a positive way. Like, I mean, I am all for the decision to have him play Superman. I think he would be awesome. I would watch the hell out of that movie. But if it's not done really well, it's just going to add to the criticism. And since they have been very off the mark consistently, it, it 
it is not, I don't think, going to have a positive effect for the trend of putting diverse people, diverse actors in traditionally white roles. That is very interesting. I think that's a really good point that you brought up. And uh, it actually, I've heard that point brought up before. Um, you know, you and I interact with our kind of geeky friends and and uh, community in various ways. Um, not just geekitude. I'm I'm on a um, in a in a closed group. Actually, we both are because I think I added you a while back to this closed Facebook group uh, called Hero Movies, Dead or Alive, and it's I don't know exactly what the title is referring to, but um, it's it's this really cool closed Facebook group that I'm part of. Um, my buddy uh, Benjamin Johnson, who's an artist uh, that I've shown with uh, in the past, uh, back when I was doing Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars like fan art and stuff. Um, he invited me to this group. I'm not sure if, if he's the founder of the group, but it's really cool. You know, we share all kinds of tidbits and news about hero movies that are coming out. And, and it's a really cool conversation, like ongoing conversation about all this stuff where no one, you know, no one's in there playing devil's advocate or, you know, being super racist or anything like that. And, and it's just a really good, uh, uh, informed conversation by people that like clearly like love, love these, um, properties and like are, are you know kind of want to challenge each other with like different takes and points of view and one of the things that benjamin wrote was very similar to what you just said uh i'm gonna read his comment real quick he because i i was excited i posted you know the 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 article that mentioned michael b jordan as a possibility for superman and uh you know of course it was like the first some of the first comments were like, yeah, I don't know if uh, the internet's ready for this one. Um, I am just giddy at the idea of it. And mm -hmm. Benjamin made it, made a comment uh, that said, it certainly could have the potential to force a higher caliber caliber of movie in a number of ways, similar to black Panther, wonder woman and Deadpool. The people involved in a black Superman movie would likely fight really hard not to fuck it up, which is kind of what you're talking about. Like you have to be on point with this, yeah. right? Like you have to try extra hard to make sure you do this well, or else you're going to open yourself up for criticism from the wrong, you know, from the wrong uh, uh, type of audience or people. So yeah, I, I can, I can see that. Um, you're kind of looking at it from the other direction. You're looking at it from maybe that will force them to make a better movie because the people behind it are I, exactly is more pressure to put to make something good a bad thing. It's not if they actually pull it off, and I think that's the difference. I think you're looking at a organization that is really in a kind of a power struggle over who is going to direct this set of stories into something that the fans want to see and that's going to make them money and that's going to keep get them competitive with Marvel where Marvel had gotten to a point where they were successful enough that they were able to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to let you do what you need to do with this movie because we, we can let go of the reins enough to trust that you're going to do this well. Right. And well, I don't think anybody at DC, even in, I don't think in the organization and in <laughs> Warner Brothers, I don't think any, I don't think they trust each other. And I think they're all, they all think that they can do it better or they're just afraid of each other doing it worse. And so there's yeah. this constant power struggle. And every time somebody 
drops the ball a little bit, there's somebody there just like pushing them out of the way to get to whatever they were doing. I have to admit that I, I want, I'm listening to you. I want to bring up Man of Steel of uh, an example of them, the pressure being on to get it right and them actually mm-hmm. getting it right. But mm-hmm. that movie divided fandom. So, you know, <laughs> they got it right for me, but a lot of people were actually not happy with Man of Steel. So maybe that's not the best. Maybe there is no example of that, of like getting it right when you absolutely had to get it right. Um, but, you know, but- they, they brought on Christopher Nolan to you know, produce and they brought on his brother, Jonathan Nolan to co-write and, you know, they reduced the Goyerness of, of Goyer and they reduced the Snyderness of Snyder. And somehow, you know, uh, at, at least in, in my opinion, you know, I, I think that movie came together really well, but you know, not everyone agrees with that. So I can, I can. So, so what happened after that? Like, where did that get parlayed into Everything the, else. It's, the Snyderness and Goyerness came back with a vengeance. I feel like that's that's what happened. Is that they? I think they got ahead of themselves. I think they got cocky. I think they thought that they knew what they were doing, and they, clearly they don't. Um, as far as this possibility, I I like this. I gravitate towards this idea because I feel like, and a lot of people are like, "Oh no, you know, don't just take." this character of Superman and use him for this like social experiment or whatever, right? Like making, you know, making Superman black is like a gimmick or whatever. In in my opinion, I mean, I feel like a black Superman is a, another way to reinforce the original concept of this character, which mm-hmm is a story about feeling othered by society. It's Superman is a character literally created by the sons of immigrants of Jewish immigrants to represent feeling like an alien from another planet. That's, that's what Superman's story is about. So I don't see casting a black actor as Superman as really changing or destroying the character you know, it's 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 just another level of affirming what the core of this character is about for me. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to to X Men as a as an example because they have always tried the the X Men for the most part has tried to represent the other, like they you know during the civil rights movement they. They, they were the ones that had a very diverse cast mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're moving towards, you know, Hey, look, we're, we're going to, this is going to represent, you know, people who suffer from racism. And then later on, they did the whole phalanx uh, covenant where they were yes. kind of um, doing the whole AIDS crisis. And, and so the X-Men were able to represent different people at different times because that was the story that was out there and needed to be told from the point of view of the others. There's no reason why that can't happen with Superman as well. Exactly. Exactly. Now there are ripple effects of this sort of adjustment to the character that would have to be addressed. If, if you'll indulge me in reading a couple more comments from this thread that I was a part of, um, 
uh, Andy Lowe, who's uh, one of the guys uh, that's part of this group, had a really interesting comment. He said, okay, I'm not against the black Superman. My issue is that I think you create issues of story that become a whole new character because now you have a bulletproof, super strong dude growing up in the Midwest of America and being forged by what it is to be othered as a black man in America. And so he says, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it does potentially become a springboard for a lot of rewriting to the point that it becomes its own story and not Superman, which I thought was a really interesting point. It's a really good point. Right? Because Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, because Clark Kent can sort of blend in, you know, put on a pair of glasses, and now he's not Superman, and he's like every man, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, a black man doesn't have that option, right, in this country. So no. I think that is that is an excellent point to bring up. Um, and I my response was, I'm 100% all in for that story. Like, that yeah. story, like, that has my interest now. And I love, this is just me here, <laughs> but I love that we're at a point where potentially we have no choice but to address these things in all stories, as we should in all stories, because, you know, a movie that doesn't incorporate this experience, this point of view is just not accurate to our world. It's just not. Um, no. So so that was my reaction was, yeah, that story sounds awesome. Um, and And stay with me here. Another member, Tony Barnes, who I thought had some really excellent points to make as well. Um, he came in and said, uh, that he he also doesn't is not in favor of of this change to Superman, um, and he said, if an alien baby drops out of the sky, lands in Middle America but looks black, his story is drastically different than one that looks white, even if he were raised by the same foster parents. Which oh man, what, can imagine that level of anyway. He says. Uh, his values may be the same, but the story isn't remotely the same, certainly not in America. The story would not be Superman. It would be something else. Again, I'd like to see new heroes with new stories, um, but just not, you know, not basically what he was saying is he doesn't want uh, the same Superman story with a black actor. And my response is, but it wouldn't be the same. And I think if you did that, if you just try to tell the exact same story, that would be wrong. Right. I think right. it's something that has to be addressed. So, so and I, I think you're 100% right that that's honestly, I, I, I've always said that Superman is the person everybody wants to be, but Batman is the one that everybody wants to read about. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't, I don't that's know if thing. that, it, I mean, like, that, like, I mean, like Superman's such like so powerful. And so, you know, they're, they're just this iconic but but you kind of like we're we're drawn to the compelling stories of Batman because he's flat and everything else. Um, I feel like that take on Superman would make him so much more interesting. Yes, and so exactly. much more compelling. Exactly. And I would I would I would sign up for that in in a heartbeat, except for one big big thing. It's still DC Warner Brothers putting it on. Right, so you're saying they're gonna find a way to fuck it up? Yeah, yeah. That's see, and it's, what, it, what is the thing that people always complain about Superman? He's a boring character because he's too strong and he can do anything. Again, this makes the character instantly compelling. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I I really loved if you know spoiler here. My shout out is definitely going to be to this group at the end of the podcast that we're recording. But um, Tony went on to say um, to, to kind of reiterate his point. He said, uh, and this is this is something that you just alluded to right now, which is uh, he says. If it's as simple as you say, then Superman should be my favorite hero, but he's not. Peter Parker is because Clark Kent is accepted, lauded, and wrapped in the American flag. Spider-Man is othered. He, you know, he's the one that the, the Daily Bugle is against and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man is othered even though he's white. He still has to hustle. He's never really accepted. He's got, you know, but he's got to fight for t- uh, to do what's right. He said there may have been some intent in the original design of the character. But that certainly, and we're talking about Superman here, but that certainly isn't how the character is known to the populace now. And I say, that's true. Let's use this to take the character back from what it's kind of become to its roots. And then he says, regardless, doing the same story with a character of a different race is disingenuous. And I have to agree with him. Like, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want the same story. I want it to evolve. And uh, Andy comes back in and makes a really great point uh, about you know, how Superman was written allegorically from a Jewish American experience. He said the ability to have internal other news as a defining factor is kind of exclusive to them. The idea being that they can drop the monikers that define their otherness and they can blend in, right? Like Clark Kent. Clark Kent could Mm -hmm. put on glasses and pass as a mild-mannered reporter. But growing up black or Asian or brown in America is to be marked with otherness in ways that you cannot shed um, the way some people can to try to blend into whiteness. Um, and he says, Andy Lowe says, in which case to me, it changes a number of central principles that define Clark Kent and what makes him the character that we know and love. Now, is the new story interesting? Certainly. But it would be a whole new story, a whole new character. He's basically saying, let's not use, you know, Superman to sort of tell the story. But I think he's the perfect character for this. I I, I would la- I think I think it needs to be told. Like Elseworlds? Comic books first. Like Elseworlds? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. It, yeah. It's, it, this needs to be an Elseworlds because it is such a compelling story. And so, like, like just, I mean, just, just I, I'm, I'm picturing panels in my brain. Like, it's so vivid to me how this would end up turning out. I don't think that without establishing it in comics first, it's going to make it to the big screen. You know, kudos to whoever spilled this rumor just to even engage in this conversation i feel like is a good sign for me yeah yeah absolutely um i don't know i i i don't know ray like (laughs) somebody needs to just come in and fix it all (laughs) like just fix it all well that's that's an idea for a future podcast Right. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. No. We we've talked about like one of definitely we've alluded to it, but we're definitely going to have like one of our Geekitude makes the movies with somebody who knows a lot more about DC than we do. Yeah. I just found and see if we can fix it all. I just really but, yeah. quick. I looked up um, Superman Elseworlds stories and I found this list on uh it's a it's a website called the Robots Voice. Um, and they have the five worst and five best Elseworld origin stories with Superman. Are you ready for this list? Ready for this? Mm-hmm. The five worst. Okay. Number five. No, number, number five. The rocket lands in pre-Arthurian England. Oh, God. So it's like a medieval England Superman. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> number f- uh. number four is called The Last Family of Krypton. The rocket lands in Metropolis, but it's Kal El, his father Jor-El, and the mother Laura El. So, so it's the whole. Family. So it's the whole family. It's all three of them land in Metropolis, Metropolis, not in Kansas. So apparently, yeah, they say it's an interesting story that doesn't actually go anywhere interesting in the actual story. <laughs> um, number three is Superman: The Dark Side, and the rocket lands on Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, we got to do. Superman speeding bullets. That's number two on their list of the worst <laughs> Elseworlds tales where the rocket lands in Gotham city. Okay. And so their, their uh, criticism is that it's the laziest of these stories by far, <laughs> <laughs> which I have to say though, there is a great episode of um, the Batman animated series. It's later on in the series. It's towards the end uh, once the series had changed stations and had kind of gone o- through this like revamping of like the animation. Um, uh-huh. That's some of my favorite stories, but there's one episode where Bruce Wayne goes missing and Robin starts to panic because uh, the, the criminals in Gotham are starting to realize that Batman is not around. And so things start to get out of control. So in a move in a mm-hmm. desperate move, Robin contacts Superman in Metropolis to come to Gotham and wear Batman's costume to go out and, and give the presence of Batman still being in Gotham. So it's Cal- and is, is it a, is it a compelling story? It's great. The animated show is great. That's a great episode because you go through the whole thing of watching Kal-El or Clark Kent trying to act gruff and mean like Batman. And it's, and it's like Robin, like coaching him through like acting as Batman. It's really great. Um, but yeah, this one, the, it, apparently the graphic novel doesn't, doesn't quite do the job. And then the number one, um, worst, uh, uh Elseworlds origin for Superman is, uh, the Superman monster where <laughs> the way, what is this? The rocket lands in late 19th century Switzerland. <laughs> This instantly makes me think of that bit from Wayne's World where they're trying different backdrops and they're like, hey, we're in oh – what was it? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been uh, forever. It's like they're in Hawaii and they, they do some like racist shit and then it's like, oh, we're in this place. And then uh, – <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I wish I could remember that. It just makes me think of <laughs> – we're in 19th century Switzerland. Superman. Why? <laughs> uh, what were the what were the top five? Okay, the top five were um, Superman: A Nation Divided, and the rocket lands in Kansas, but in the mid eighteen hundreds, not you know in present day. So the U.S. Civil War is um is kind of happening, and apparently it's it's a more serious look at the subject matter than might be typically expected, which that sounds awesome to me. Like, I'm, I'm on board for that. I want yeah, to check that out. Um, oh, oh, Superman, uh, number four is Superman where the rocket lands in Africa. Interesting, but he's still white. He's still white! It's a Superman-Tarzan crossover. Ugh! 
How did they find a way to still? <laughs> it freaking takes place in Africa, and the two main characters are still both white. Jesus Christ! Uh, oh my God! And that's on- well, that's I mean, you know, they're like that's the kind of story that you you would tell in the country yeah. of Africa. <laughs> because, you know. God, and that's on the list of best. All right, moving on. Uh, number three, a Superman Metropolis, where the rocket lands in Metropolis, but it's it's a sci-fi city named Metropolis somewhere on Earth. So it's it's a uh, it's based off the classic um, Metropolis film by by the German filmmaker Fritz Lang. So that's kind of cool because yeah. you know the city is named Metropolis after all. Um, number two is Red Sun, which is very very popular, probably the most popular Superman Elseworlds tale, which is where the rocket lands in Ukraine and he's a, he's a Soviet, you know, figure superhero. Um, the visuals on that are freaking awesome. Uh, and then the number one is true Brit where the rocket lands in Weston Supermare, England. That's interesting for number one choice. Huh? I looked this up because I was, I wanted to do some quick research as we were talking about this to see if there ever has been an African American Superman story told. And there hasn't. That's uh, it. Doesn't surprise me. I, I wish I could say it does, but it man, doesn't. this is oh, this is like such potential. I feel like I'm so excited for this to even be an idea that's being kind of thrown out there. I don't know. I I wish. <laughs> He's <not> exhausted. <laughs> I I am. Uh, this is like like it, so many of the things that we talk about with. Like, like, say when we, we, like, I remember there was one time, it was one of the most joyous times that I have ever had geeking out with you, where we basically plotted out the next four X-Men movies and how it would work and how it would like, you know, it was just kind of like, we knew it wasn't going to happen that way, but there was just something exciting and happy about it because it could happen that way. Yeah. And I feel like everything we throw out that's like, oh, like it's not f- it's not fun to to geek out about what DC's gonna do because it was like, oh, they could do this and this and this. But there's that little voice in the back of my head that's like, well, they're gonna fuck it up. <laughs> um and, and I like and I I I I'm trying to think to myself, am I being unfair? But I really don't think right. I am because they just they they refuse to make a plan. Yeah, you're you're being realistic, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sorry to be the downer. No, it's, <laughs> I apologize. I mean, it's understandable though. Right. It's it's not like they've done much to you know earn earn uh, your your faith, you know, your optimism. This makes uh, me look forward to our future inevitable episode where we sort of recast and. Fix the DC universe. Well, and we and we've been talking about it for yeah. a while, but we 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 haven't had the impetus to again because I think I think when we talked about the about redoing Gambit, which have we heard about Gambit? Like, oh god, is that is that ever been mentioned lately? Like, it's still not being right. Made. Right, they just love to um, announce projects and then you know see what the fans think. See where the money goes. Uh, but yeah, um, re- remind me to um, to to talk to you about a a previous podcast I've been on, and uh, there's 
this crossover. <laughs> um, but anyway, the um, yeah, I just I feel like there is so much that could be done with this, and so much fun stuff that could come out of this. But because they're just they're, there's no. Did you? I, I don't see much of a chance that that they're going to do it. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they say I hope I hope somebody walks into the off an office in in Warner Brothers and goes, all right, look, we're, we lost Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, at that point, I don't know that Aquaman will have right. done terribly well. Um, I, I, I is Ben Affleck even still considering playing like his where is he in so. all of this man i'm so disappointed by that yeah I'm i think so dis- he's out because i mean i remember yeah i just go ahead there was so much potential there like after coming off of um uh oh god what was the name of that ben affleck um directed film that got a uh, a lot of praise um it was argo really argo good. um and argo. he also i mean I think uh, was it Gone Girl? No, was it um, yeah, Gone Girl. Gone Girl was also well done, and he he directed that, and he also direct. Did I think he? It's Gone Girl is wait is Gone Girl the uh, let's see. Oh no, no, that was the one directed by David Fincher. I'm thinking of I think it's called Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, that was the one with his brother. He was in Gone. Yeah, but he directed Gone Baby Gone with his uh, brother, uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then he he also directed, um, was it called The Town? That was yep. good, too. And I think with those kind of three movies, you know, having been directed by him, uh, culminating in, in Argo, um, his take on a Batman movie? Absolutely. Like, him on board as actor-director... I, I was so excited at that possibility. And then it just sort of, like you said, man, Warner Brothers just found a way to fuck it up. I don't know. Well, there's there's all those sad, sad Ben Affleck, <laughs> sad, sad Bat Affleck yes. um, memes. Because he, like, he knew. Yeah. He just he knew. Hitched. He knew that it was not Yeah, a he hitched his uh, wagon to the wrong train. He's like, damn it, I should have accepted that Marvel offer. Um well, I I am on I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he's also pretty pretty easy yeah. to look at, and um, I I think he would be a great choice for Superman. You know, he 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 turned in a great stint as a Marvel villain that you know unfortunately spoilers uh, was killed off at the end of Black Panther. So um, I think his time in Marvel is pretty much done. Uh, I think that opens him up to you know for the possibility of being in a DC movie. Uh, I would love to see him as Superman. That being said, you know, even though this this probably will never happen, unfortunately, those of you that are interested in seeing him play a very Superman-like character, check out Chronicle. It's uh, came out in 2012, uh, directed by Josh Trank. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> this is pre pre fan stick Josh Trank. Okay, um, I think this is probably how he got that gig to begin with. Um, this is also pre fucking fuckstick Max Landis, um, but uh, it's it's written by Max Landis. It's directed by Josh Trank. Uh, it is a found 
footage film. So really, it's got three things going against it. <laughs> three huge things. Going against <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the plus side. <laughs> uh, Michael Michael B. Jordan is the plus sign. He uh, is great in this movie. Um, also, Dane Dehan. This is before his horrible turn as uh, Harry Osborn in the, in the amazing Spider-Man. Wow. It's really got like a lot of like talented people before they fucked up their careers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really cool, interesting take on the superhero kind of story. Um, and I think, you know, you get to see Michael B. Jordan be heroic and fly and, you know, save people and, if you want to get an idea of what, you know, it would be like to have uh, Michael B. Jordan as Superman, I think check out Chronicle. It's it's easy to get. You can watch it online. It's not going to cost you anything more than a couple hours of your time. But I think I, I recommend it. I, I think it, it's. You know what? I, I just looked it up because I was like, this is you're, you're like superheroes found footage. I'm like, I feel like I've seen this. I've seen this movie. And I enjoyed it. The problem is, is that Matt can't do found footage films. Yeah, and he basically did two thirds of the movie with his head between his legs. Oh God, yeah, I can understand yeah, he that. Was not a happy camper, but yeah, no, no but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really kind of clever. It's got an eighty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so that that's almost ninety percent. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, check that out for those of you interested in kind of exploring the idea of, of Michael B. Jordan as his character. Check out Chronicle. Um, oh man, Joe, I feel so much better after getting all this off my chest. <laughs> you, you needed like you were like I don't think you've I don't think you've transitioned us out of weekly geekery that fast in my life. <laughs> like you were just like, all right, all right, yeah, you did something. That's awesome. So Superman. <laughs> Superman, it's um it's you know, my first cosplay. What can I say? The, the, what so 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 my my first Halloween, I was a, a devil, you know. Oh, spoilers there. Uh, <laughs> spoilers for future Ray. Um, that, that was that was that was predictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My second year, uh, Halloween, two years old. I was Superman. My dad, uh, quite the Renaissance man. He actually sewed and made all my costumes every year for Halloween my entire childhood. So uh, no surprise there that I'm such I'm so into Halloween. But he made me a Superman costume. My, for my second Halloween. And then for my third Halloween, he followed it with a Batman costume. Nice. And a Batman costume that he hand-sewed that was uh, inspired by the, the Batman TV show. So it's definitely got Adam West vibes to it. And um, that year, my, my younger cousin Abel actually borrowed my Superman costume. So there is a picture that exists out there of three-year-old Ray and his two-year-old cousin as the world's finest. <laughs> that's great yeah batman and superman played by mexican toddlers <laughs> <laughs> i would watch that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah see what the internet thinks all right anything else is there anything else that you feel like you did not get out because i know this was this was weighing on you this week <laughs> no nah, man i feel like a, i don't smoke but i feel like a cigarette right now no i feel good awesome <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Any shout outs this week? Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned before, uh, I got to give a shout out to the guys in uh, Hero Movies, Dead or Alive. Uh, it's really fun to interact with them. Um, Benjamin Johnson, Andy Lowe, Ch uh, Tony Barnes, thanks for your input. Uh, and uh, everyone else you know, in that group, it's just a really fun group. So shout out to those guys. 
Perfect. Um, I'm going to send a shout out to um, to my friend Brian Johnson of the uh, Average Geek Show, which I believe is making a reappearance um, because we are going to uh, Fangia this Saturday. Uh, he's invited me to to come and be on a panel. We're going to do an episode of of the Average Geek Show live, which is very exciting. So if you are in San Diego on Saturday the um what is it the 20th the 22nd saturday the 22nd um we are at fangia which is a fan convention in san diego and yeah we're i think our start time is 1 30 and we're going to be recording so and i just want to give a shout out to brian who may be joining us for the next couple of weeks while ray is out um getting all our future artists <laughs> into art school uh, <laughs> into their art schools super bummed i'm missing the con and you know uh i'm not going to be able to record as much as i'd like to but yeah it's uh what can i say this job is pretty cool too yeah absolutely uh all the music in this episode is by ben sound and is being used under creative commons license you can find more music by ben sound at bensound.com geek to do is a proud member of the geek to geek network Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Geek Fitness podcast, the Comic Box, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. This is an old one because the Comic Box isn't around anymore. Oh, Um, (laughs) old notes. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash Geek2Geek cast, or you can find us on Slack, or you can find us on Discord. We're just everywhere. We're all over the place. Uh, you can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? As always, I can be found across most social media platforms at Vargas 3 so that's my username on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, probably Tumblr still as well. Uh, that's Ray Vargas and then the number three. Uh, and that's my website as well. Convenient enough, it's rayvargas3.com if you want to check out some of my artwork. Awesome. That's it for us this week, folks. Go ahead and give us a, a shout out and let us know what you think about all of this crazy Superman stuff. Because, guys, honestly, I'll put it I'll put it if you haven't seen it. I will put it in the show notes. It's just bizarre. I don't know what he's doing. Henry Cavill, um, get some help. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. And until then, remember, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? (sighs) Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? 
It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes, there are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.